Yeah, I am ready. Yep. Go. Okay, open up the voice a little. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Here we go. This is the Scrub Zone Cycling Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kenneth McNeil. I'm here with some co-hosts, Nolan and Carlo. And uh, today we'll be talking to the infamous Ellen Noble, Cyclocross World Championship Silver Medalist. Quite an impressive feat. Um, yeah, let's go. You, you, you gotta make the noises. Come on, I did the intro. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Welcome, welcome to the Scrub Zone Cycling Podcast. Came through dripping, came through dripping, came through dripping, diamonds on my wrist, they dripping, ice. Came through dripping, came through dripping, came through dripping, diamonds on my wrist, they dripping, Today, what are you up to? Where are you? Uh, I just got back to my house. I'm back in Massachusetts, and I just got back from riding my bike at the dirt jump by my house. That's pretty sweet. So are you resting a little bit? You just finished up uh, Sea Otter and some other races, right? Yeah, I got back. I was in Tucson for training for a couple of months and then um, did Benelli, the first round of the U.S. Cup, and then uh, Sea Otter. So I did two races, and now I'm home for a couple weeks. Going to graduate from college really quickly, and then uh, hopefully after the World Cup. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Kenny, you just jumped in there. You didn't even welcome her. <laughs> well, I did. Okay, sorry. Welcome to the podcast, Scrubs Own Cycling Podcast. <laughs> we did a little intro before, so I thought I should have, you know, should have welcomed you. Yes, welcome over the phone. Well, thank you. Saw you earning I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, kind of offended that I wasn't welcome, so I'm glad you guys brought that <laughs> <laughs> Um. That's that's pretty sweet. Are you doing? Is your plan to do all of like the remaining World Cups or certain ones or what's the? Yeah, uh... I um I still have a petition in because with the way that the World Cups work, you have to have twenty UCI points in order to compete under a UCI team. So although Trifactory is a UCI team, I ha- still have to petition because I don't have twenty points. It's like it's kind of hard to get twenty points if you have zero points. It's kind of hard to do in two weekends so i was able to get uci points at benelli but wasn't enough um so i'm still waiting to hear back about my petition but i'm optimistic that i'll be able to go so i would do the first like this next block of two and then two after that in july and then i'll do the final world cup or my final world cup in august um at mont saint in quebec and then i'll kind of wrap things up and there's like a couple of more races including the world championship later uh in August, but I will be solely focused on cyclocross by then. Damn, that's pretty cool. Good way to finish the the year up at Mount St. Anne, something close to home. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Mount St. Anne's like one of my favorite uh, races in general. It's a really fun track and a really great environment. So um, I'm looking forward to looking forward to that and all the big crazy races in between. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, well, Carlo, I think you had some questions about the, like, I guess kind of your, your start in cycling, right? Yeah. So why don't, why don't we rewind a little and yeah. How did you, how did you get into bike racing? Um, I started cycling actually when I was like super, super young doing the, the kids races when I was like in kindergarten. Um, both of my parents were like kind of, as I've called them, local heroes. They were like the people that when they showed up to the group ride, it was like, oh, crap, Tom and Sandy are here. <laughs> um, so I got into it through them. And for, like, I, I liked biking when I was younger, but I didn't like, I don't know, I didn't love it. Like, I was, my heart was with gymnastics. I, like, really, really wanted to be a gymnast. Um, I was like, I just loved doing sports. Like I like cycling, but I also played hockey and I snowboarded and I ran and I wrestled, like I did everything. Uh, and like, I had only ever really done mountain biking. And then when I was like 15, I did my first cyclocross race and it was like, it was like night and day, like just the difference between doing, cause at the time that I was mountain bike racing, it was, it was not what mountain biking is today. It was, um, you know, <sighs> like three hours, or at least it was taking me three hours, like to go out and do one huge lap, like in the middle of nowhere, no one was there. And by the time you got back, like the parking lot would be empty or people would be packing up. Like no one stayed and cheered. No one like really talked to each other. It was a very, like, I guess what has turned into marathon mountain biking was like what I was doing as a kid in new England. 
so like there was no energy, like there was no camaraderie and there was no like team, uh, any like team dynamic. So when I got into cyclocross and like, even at eight in the morning, I'd show up at these races and there were like 90 women there racing, like at look park at CSI was in first cross race. And there were, I started 89th. My mom, my mom started 90th and we were the last two women in the field. Wow. So it was like, I was so drawn to this sport that had so many people and already had people out cheering and like. I remember uh, Geek House was there and I remember like seeing they had like these crazy colored kits and like I had no idea who they were or like what they did. But I was like, I like anything that has neon colors involved and it kind of hooked me. So after that, I like did a full season for of amateur cross because uh, I was too young to upgrade to UCI and yeah, kind of like just went from there. Like it showed me that I could love cycling like across the board. It wasn't like, I just love cyclocross after that. Like I actually really got into mountain bike racing after this. And like, I think especially like once I got into college and like I joined the jam fund and I realized like, that you didn't just have to go out and complete the ride. Like it wasn't just about getting it done. It wasn't just about participation. Like you could go out and you could enjoy it and that you could do things that made riding way more fun. Like riding with friends and stopping to get snacks and like doing cool loops. Like these are actually all kind of new things to me. Um, and so I feel like I'm actually still at the point where I'm loving cycling like more and more every day. That's a, uh, that's, I mean, best case Ontario. Um, <laughs> yes, but what about, Ontario. I always say worst case Ontario. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what about road? Did road ever come into play when you were younger? So you said like mountain, like, you know, I can envision the desolate wilderness, you know, when you're cracked and you're just out there alone, you're just like, where is the finish? I want this to be over. Mm -hmm. But did you ever yeah. dabble into road before that? I did a little bit. Um, yeah, it's one thing that you just said, Kenny, that just reminded me. Like, I think the thing was with mountain biking, too, that made it so miserable for me as a kid is, like, I had no idea how long I was going to be out there. I was just, like, <laughs> left the wolves, basically. Like, we didn't have computers, and I never knew how long the races were. So it's not like I could look at my Garmin and see that we had, like, three miles left of this 21 mile race. It was like, you're going to be out there for a really long time. You see the one day to go long. sign at the end and you're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> I think that's like even more sophisticated than like the after races were at the time. But so yeah, with road, it was like, there was this local race, but I guess like even Lance Armstrong went to like back in the day, it was the Saco crit in Maine. And so like, I used to do that every year. And like, I would train on the road with my parents, but like my parents were pretty old school mountain bike. Like, we trained on the mountain bike. We raced on the mountain bike. Nothing so but 26 like, inch. What was that? <laughs> I said nothing but 26 inch wheels. No, we were like a 29er family, like from the <laughs> early days. Like my dad had like custom steel bikes welded for us. Like before you could get 29ers in a size that fit us, like we were making it work. My parents were like super early adopters of 29 inch bikes. And so yeah, like I got to meet Gary Fisher the other day and I was like, oh my God, I had like one of the <laughs> 29er bikes that he made. Um, but yeah, road was like, it happened and it was a thing that I did every now and then. And I was like a decent sprinter, but I just had no, I had no craft. Like I could not, I had no tactics or like ability to read races when I was younger. And then of course, last season I did a full season on the road, um, with team Cola Vita Bianchi. And it was like, it was really interesting at the time. I didn't feel like I learned anything. I was like, I just wasted a season. I did. I got no good results. I didn't learn anything. I didn't get any faster, but looking back now, I think like it took a while for it to set in, but I feel like I've really learned a lot. So yeah, road didn't always, hasn't really played like a huge part in my career just because I love being off road, but it's been there. Yeah. A little bit. That's awesome. So obviously when you're doing this full time and you started at a very young age, like how do you, you know, keep balance in your life and like, you know, not burn out as you see a lot of other and, young yeah, athletes. And, and kind of furthermore, like you talked about the online classes, congrats on your upcoming graduation, but you. you're kind of um, obviously a very different college experience than a lot of people experience. Um, are there things that you feel like you miss, um, miss out on? Like, what, how do you balance that in your head, the sacrifices you're making kind of for your biking? That's a good question. I feel like, I think I'm super fortunate um, to like really genuinely love cycling, but I think like a big uh, part of it has been um, like my parents didn't push me super hard when I was a kid. And I think that that was huge. Like 
I, yeah, I have raced my whole life, but like, I didn't, I didn't take it super seriously really until like I joined jam in 2014. So like I trained, but like, I didn't get a coach until I started racing cross. So I was just like, I just go out and ride hard with my family or like on the group rides and you know, that sort of thing up until then it was just kind of like, you know, you're just running off of talent. And then, yeah, as I got older, I started to take it more seriously, but like, I feel like I've had a super slow progression and that's something like I'm super fortunate, like with my, my coach in particular, I think that he's very, very focused on like long-term uh, improvements. And he never, he never tried to like, tr- like change my life and transform my career in one season. So, yeah, I think that that's a part of it. But for me, like, I've just found ways to love it. And like, if I ever feel like I'm getting burnt out, I just, I like, you know, I want to do something to change that. So like, for me, even though it like may be a point of contention with my directors or my coaches, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to ride trails like at, you know, I like the downhill park, or I'm going to go to the dirt jumps, or I'm going to do like, we'll go on like vision quest rides and like be out for seven hours and like, maybe pedal for five and eat like a bunch of pastries and snacks and go swimming and stuff like that. Like not every day has to be like this career changing day. But the funny thing is, it's like, it's those days that actually play like such a huge role in your career. Like I just know so many people who are tired and they're like, cool. Now I can enjoy the ride. And I've always found that like you can do both. And like when you're, when you're happy and you're like allowing yourself to enjoy what you're doing, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool to hear because I think a lot of, you know, young pro riders and like neo pure pro riders have like a really hard time, like still loving it, like when they're dealing with all Mm -hmm. their directors and managers and riding 30 hours a week and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about. um, So I think you've been instrumental and have been sort of like a center figure in um, like championing. things for female athletes so your thing with uh your bunny hop the patriarchy yeah thing. let's hear let's yeah. hear elevator pitch for bunny hop the patriarchy like uh go <laughs> oh elevator pitch okay um it started as like a cheeky hashtag to sort of like make a joke about um well okay i guess quick question how long is the elevator ride how many stories yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, Jay, we, we, we've gone on way too long many a time so it's, it's okay. completely okay go yeah, for you get it a freebie. the quick and dirty is it began kind of like a tongue-in-cheek way to joke about like kind of a riff off of what people call shred the patriarchy which was kind of like a bunch of women like highlighting shit that they were doing that was like kind of cool sorry i didn't mean to swear um you're definitely but allowed to swear me, on the pod. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> if any of my sponsors are listening to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this anyway. So. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> listens. <laughs> what? Oh, and Shane. Never mind. Elevator ride's over. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, back to being nice and like trying to get people on bikes or something. Um, it yeah it began as like a tongue in cheek sort of riff off of shred the patriarchy, but it like sort of grew like so out of my hands um, because people just like people just caught on to it. I like never expected people to really care, but it was something that mattered so much to me. Like bunny hopping in a race, and like not that it ever mattered, and not that I'm like keeping score by any stretch, but like being the first woman to hop in a World Cup was like something that had always meant so much to me and it wasn't like if someone had done it before me it would have been a huge it would I would have been happy for them but it was something I was like I want to be the person that does that because like prior to this season Pauline had done it at a race and then had like sort of disappeared from the sport unfortunately so it would have been like it was kind of like one of the first times that we had seen a woman hop in a race in a while and so it meant a lot to me and I guess it meant a lot to other people as well and so it sort of turned into like I don't even have a word for it. It's not a brand, but it's like more than a hashtag, but it was just sort of this, like, I hate to say this. It was like literally just a thing that people like latched onto. So it's like a thing to like yell at someone in races and it like turned into some t-shirts and I hope that someday I can turn it into it. You know, if it continues to develop and I just wanted it to like grow organically and like, you know, if people still like it, then I'd like to, to continue to see it benefit people in the sport. But you know, like the t-shirt sales, have funded, um, I think what's going to be, end up being six 
fully paid scholarship spots to my camp. But I think mostly what I like, what it ended up turning into was like kind of this, this like lighthearted way to point out inequality in the sport and to highlight people who were doing really, really amazing things that were like pushing the boundaries. And what I wanted it to do was like, when I used it, I hope that people saw me doing something that I wasn't necessarily comfortable doing in the past. And I hope that it inspired them to do whatever that thing was that freaked them out. Like for me, it felt like every day that I was out practicing, it felt like I wasn't going to be able to do it in a race, even though it was something I wanted so badly, because I always want to be that rider that's doing things equally. And I want to be like as good technically as other male racers out there. So I wanted someone to look at their equivalent of me bunny hopping and say like, okay, let's freaking do it. And I like to think that in a very small way, in as much as you can impact people through a hashtag on social, I like to think that it, it definitely inspired like men and women alike to kind of like to push their boundaries and to hopefully see that like, yeah, there is a disparity in this sport, but like there are a lot of really, really, really special people who are working to kind of reverse that. Yeah. I think what you're doing and it's not just the hashtag, I think it's things outside of that is, uh, you're doing like these cool subversive things um, that are especially like um, supporting women and girls in this sport. And I think especially in like a very male centric traditional sport, that's like super important to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah yes, we get you. Enough stroking. What's uh? <laughs> I can't stroke. I mean, I don't know. It's like uh, it's, yeah. yes. Um, not that what you're doing isn't great. I just. Um, Kenny's on a like. I don't know. I'm not. I just know. I. I mean, it's good to. It's good to compliment someone, but you know. Kenny, just... are you trying not to just yell? Well, oh, what is like? What's the good one that people always want to yell? They're like, well, why don't we have like meninism? Like. No, 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 no. We're trending in the wrong way. No, 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 no. But it's like we've just been going through your amazing life. You just rise. You know, you like. First one on the 29er, like, all this crazy cool stuff. Like, everyone knows it's cool. Tomorrow, Scrub Zone Cycling Podcast is sexist. (laughs) Yeah, roasted. (laughs) I'm going to get absolutely ripped for this. No, no, no. I was just giving you a hard time. Yeah, let's talk, like, Yeah, what's okay? What's the bad stuff? What is... um, Bad stuff. What's the, the worst piece of transitioning to more of a mountain focus this year that you've struggled with? Hmm. well I've been starting at the back which is a total pain in the butt and that is just like the most elitist thing I've ever like in the world because I'm like oh my god I have to start at the back ew but it honestly is so brutal because it's like all of the fights that I have is literally just passing people whereas like if I could just fight without having like if I could just like ride really hard without like getting stuck behind people and stuff I feel like I'd place a lot better but it's like I've also had to do it like three times. So it's like, you know, I can suck it up a little bit, but that's been kind of brutal. I think the biggest thing, honestly, and this is like kind of sensitive of me to say, but like having to deal with some of the, like the naysayers is so aggravating. Like, wow, you're going to have a really rude awakening when you get back to XC. And like, are you sure you want to do the world cup so soon? Like they're really hard as if I've never raced a world cup before or like, as if I expected to just show up and start winning. Like, it's just funny that people, it's like people don't know that I have like no self-confidence and that like, I've already, I've already thought about all these terrible things myself. Like I don't need a reminder, you know? So it's just, it's just funny. Like, no, no, no. I've already thought of this one a thousand times. Like, yeah, I talked to my therapist about that one last week, but thank you so much for bringing that up again. I like, I really, really needed to be reminded about the fact that like I have an uphill battle ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That. Hey, wait. I just have another thing. Okay. So obviously you're with you're with Trek, and mm-hmm. that's like a big step up. And you obviously have a lot of these people that you're you're working with for mountain biking and for mm-hmm. for cross, right? Katie Katie Compton's Trek, right? Am I? I'm I'm not. I'm, yeah. So yep. is that like is that like rivals form super team? How does that work? Like, um, uh, have you have you talked to her about it? Like, uh, how does that play out? Are you frenemies? Um, frenemies. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, okay, that, there, that's like a multi-layered 
question. And I'm going to try not to ignore all of those. Like I did with the last multi-layered question that you guys asked me that I totally skipped over. Um, I, so Katie and I are on different programs. Katie runs her own privateer program, which is sponsored by Trek. Um, I am on Trek factory, which is like their in-house. So it means that like we're all Trek, all Bontrager, everything. Um, and we'll see a lot of similarities to the Trek factory mountain bike program that I'm on right now. Um, so Katie and I will be on different teams, but we're still like working under the same brand. Like we still have, like, I would say Katie's biggest sponsor is also Trek and they support, they like love her dearly and she's like a very valuable athlete to them. Um, but we're like, I I'd say that we're friends. Um, I'm not like super close with a ton of people in the sport just because it's like kind of hard, especially I'm not super close with a lot of women. Cause I've never had, like, this is the first time that I've ever really had like women teammates, um, on truck factory mountain bike, truck factory XC. So I would say that Katie is like of my better friends in the sport even though like, I don't think that either of us have like that, you know, I don't know. I just certainly don't have like a ton of really close friends. So Katie and I being like being, being friends and talking and like, we have the same birthday. So we had like a birthday dinner this year and stuff like that. So I would not call us frenemies because that implies like that there's some negativity towards us. Like it's no secret that like, I want to beat her, but it's nothing personal. And like, I think that she's like, the greatest cyclocross racer of all time. Wait, and did you just say you have, you have the same birthdays? That's a fast That's birthday. Pretty, what yeah. day is that? Yeah, December third. Whoa. December third. What's that? What uh, yeah. query? What uh, what uh, zodiac sign is that? Um... I think it's Sagittarius, but I'm not sure. Mm. It's like the horse guy. The horse guy. Is that a centaur? Yeah. I've been really into horoscopes lately. Really? Yeah. So why don't you know that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm really into like my own horoscope. Well, yeah. So what, what was your horoscope? That is such a Virgo thing to say. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm actually a Libra. <laughs> it like doesn't matter what you do. You you can like relate it back to your horoscope. Be like, oh my god, Libras are so self centered. Like I don't even know what a Libra is or anything. Like. Oh, yeah. for sure. Every time know. someone like tells me their sign, I'm like, oh my god, of course you're an Aries. I mean, you can like always, that's like yeah. how the whole like uh, <laughs> psychic yeah, reading thing works, works or whatever. Everything They're like, yeah. oh, everyone. is there something wrong in your life? And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, everyone's got something wrong. Like, Kenny, are you calling you BS get... on yeah. horoscopes? They're uh, real. I would trend towards BS on horoscopes, but <laughs> if you believe them, then the only know. The only horoscope I know, like for dates, I know that the end of June is cancer because jeremy when he was he was um when they were expecting their baby he was like oh my god i really want my baby to be a cancer like because i think he's also a cancer because i think he has like a similar birthday and so it was like a big <laughs> deal and like he just like drilled that into my head i'm like i already know infinitely more about horoscopes than i need to did they get the baby <laughs> out in was, time what was the deal i think so i'm pretty sure that the baby is is a fellow Mission accomplished yeah mission accomplished <laughs> so yeah i think katie and i are both sagittarius sagittarii and um yeah so she's she's pretty great i want to beat her but she's also like really nice and has been a huge like um mentor to me for a long time so yeah i'd say she's pretty great it's like not it's it's also like when i was at the truck factory i was like okay so guys here are the races i'm looking at this year I'm really like really going for Pan Ams and Nats. Like those are things that matter matter to me. And I was like awkward. And they're like, no, it's not awkward. Like if either of you win, it's a win for us. You know, like they uh they just want they just want a Trek athlete at the top. Doesn't matter who. <laughs> so do you? I I I understand the two different teams. Do you have any teammates on for Trek Cross then that are also women that you'll be racing with? I'm just not really familiar with the scene as much as I should be. Yeah. Well, it'll be a, it'll be a big mix up this year. Um, but I, Evie Richards and I will both be racing cross, um, on the same program. So we're still kind of in the works with like what exactly it will, it will become, but it's, yeah, it's going to be really, really, really exciting and going to be pretty cool from, uh, where it stands right now. 
Yeah, I guess it definitely sounds like it. So I guess when when will we New Englanders see you for some races? Will it not be till cross season, or will we see you at like some uh, Boston Rebellion or the Catamount race? Yeah, I believe I'll be at both of those, um, and then I'll probably be dropping into a couple of the like USA Cycling, uh, you know, like Route sixty six or Kenda Cup East. Uh, Route sixty six, really... rip in peace. Oh, did it die? Yeah, is I mean the, the race is still yeah. exist, but uh, the the, the series has changed. The two correct? folks that ran yeah. it for what was it, eleven years? They retired. Yeah. God oh bless. my god, yeah, I had no they did idea. An amazing job, but uh, I'm like so detached. Yeah, but oh, I mean, so a lot of the races um, still exist, but they just uh, kind of you know switched around, um, and it's no longer part of the Route 66. There's still the the Bubba series, which is. Replacing the candy oh, series. Right, so replacing Bubba the, Burgers. Yeah, like Bubba Burgers. The, the <laughs> finest frozen <God>. beef. <laughs> are they your sponsor or something? Are you guys like Tim Ferriss with MeUndies? You always have to plug Bubba Burgers? No, not uh, yet. Not yet. should be. Darn it. Mike would be devastated to hear yeah, that we're he plugging we meat products be. on the pod. Yeah, we already evolved. <laughs> that something happened with meat already, right? What? What happened with meat? Oh. What? What? With meat. I don't know. Uh, Carl, you're, Carlo, you're just, being just come out and say it. Yeah, you're being pretty very big. Carl, just say it. Elaborate. You can cut it out later if you need to. Let's go. <laughs> I'm talking about our old friend Domain Gate. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Team Meat yeah. Stick. Domain <laughs> Gate. Rip in peace. Um, yeah. We don't need to talk about it. Anyways. Um, cool. What I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Oh, it, was, oh, it wasn't an inside joke. If you listen to our pod, you would know <laughs> yeah, we unveiled Ellen. all of this Sorry, two guys. pods ago. I don't listen. I don't listen to podcasts. I won't even listen to this one. <laughs> I'm glad that we're the first one on you're not going to listen yeah. to list, though. That's real. It's, it's an yeah, honor. I've only I like only listen to the Tim Ferriss show sometimes. That is like my one exception. So don't be offended. It's nothing personal. The what show? The Tim Ferriss show. I don't know what yeah, that is. I don't know who that is. Oh my god! Oh my god! Freaking millennials! I, just, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think we're like I don't the same anymore. age here. I don't know if you're allowed. A millennial <laughs> is not allowed to call out a millennial. There's millennial immunity. Yeah. Um, we're all allowed avocado and toast with no bad looks. Okay. Aww. That's true. Mikey can't pay rent. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. This has gone down like a You can't hole. bring these things up on the internet. <laughs> it's fine. We can fix it in post. Okay, down to the serious questions. Cardi yeah. B album review. Yeah. What What's Ooh. your take on it? Oh, my God. It is... I didn't think that I could love a song more than I loved Bodak Yellow when I first heard it. But when I heard Drip featuring Migos, it was, like, beyond... Oh my god, like it is so good. Like the whole album is like it's so good, like start to finish. But like there are a couple of songs on there, like Bartier Cart Bartier Cardi is it's so good. And I have to tell you guys something. It wouldn't be a conversation about Cardi B if I didn't tell you. So my sister, for those who don't know, which I feel like I've told everyone this who will listen, she's a professional dancer and she booked a job dancing for Cardi B at Coachella. Whoa. Oh my God. That's, yeah. That's big. Yeah. So it's like, people are like, oh, you're a professional cyclist. That's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, but my sister's a professional hip hop dancer. Like, it doesn't get cooler than that. I didn't so, even know. Is, she, it, is your sister older, younger? I didn't even, I was not even aware of there was more noble existing. I'm surprised. Well, so she's, I guess she's my half sister. So I'm the only noble, but um, her, we have different last names, but she's like my sister. Um, yeah, she's older. I actually have a bunch of siblings, but... Was this part of your motivation to be a gymnast when you were younger? Were you like, oh, big sis is dancing. I got to do something kind of No, similar. I wanted... I also tried the dance life, but <laughs> clogging was like kind of my... Was more in my clogging. skill set than oh. hip-hop. Dance moms. So, yeah. Dance moms. <laughs> like if there was ever, ever any doubt that I was like a huge freaking nerd, like, yeah. The fact that I liked clogging, and oh, I did baton too, so like... Yeah, basically, I'm a loser, but it's fine. I don't care. How does clogging differ from tap dancing? It's like a wooden shoe. The clogs are loose. Oh, they're loose. So, so do you get like more of a rattle taps, effect sorry, or the what? The taps are loose. Yeah. So like oh. on a tap shoe, it's like they're screwed into the bottom tight, but then on a clogging shoe, they have like a, the taps are loose so that they like move around more. And you usually do like more stupid stuff. Tap dancing is like kind of sick, and they no. It's dangerous if you're worried about 
like impressing people. <laughs> so, so your favorite song is "Drip" on the album. Yeah, I'd say so. What it's um, been the song that I've been listening to and warm up like kind of on repeat. Yeah, we were well. We were that was our next question. <laughs> what is on the warm up playlist? Ooh, okay. Or is that a trade um, secret? <laughs> no, it's fine. People are gonna think that my music taste is kind of trash, but I feel like you guys might like it. Oh, for sure. Uh, Carl, I've always, I've always associated you with Migos just because you had like made a joke about me and um, one of the guys one time, and so I've always like associated you with him for some reason. So <laughs> I just assume that you really liked Migos. I do like Migos. Okay, that's a compliment. Right now, Right now I have a playlist that's like, you know, like the, the little devil emoji that's smiling. It's like the little purple emoji with the oh, devil yeah, horn. Yeah, yeah. That's my playlist on Spotify. It's Bodak Yellow, Mask Off by Future, Humble by Kendrick Lamar, Gucci Gang by Little Pump, which is so embarrassing. From the D to the A featuring Little Yachty, Broccoli, Walked In, Chill Bill, I Spy, um, a lot of race from which I don't know how to pronounce like black beetle. And then we have drip in Barty Cardi. That that's amazing. That's, amazing. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I would want actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I like always, I always like to know what people listen to. Um, but like my old director used to listen to like Celine Dion and stuff. And I never got the, like the desire until before national. So the only time I've ever switched it up with like from like kind of trashy rap music, the only time I've ever switched it up was, um, this is a real bop. It was um, unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Do you guys know this song, like early 2000s, oh, yeah. like pop song, and they have the choir that comes in at the end? That, I know. I you, listened you, to that song before. You'd know it if you heard it. You would know it. Um, Give us a little sample. I listened to that before Nationals because <laughs> it like made me want to cry, and so I would just like pedal harder. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the emotional <laughs> watch. Some monkey yeah. angst coming in. It really was. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah. next so, fun like, question is cool. dogs. What <sighs> is your favorite dog? If you could have any dog. What oh, would you I like just had this conversation because actually at the dirt jumps, there was a long haired Corgi. Um, and she was amazing. She'd like run next to you and do the jump. So I have three, I have three dogs right now that are like, that have kind of always been in the ranking. Um, if I could, if I had to get a dog. So I would, or if I could get a dog, not had to, if I could. <laughs> so I grew up with border collies. I love them. I really want a border collie. Um, or I also love Samoyeds. And growing up, we had a border collie Samoyed mix. So that would be like the real dream, but that's like a little too specific. So border collie Samoyed are like kind of amazing. And then I love greyhounds. I like really, really, really want to get a rescue brindle greyhound because they're like tiger dogs, which is super sick. And then also corgis. But, like, I mean, honestly, there's so many awesome dogs. Like, goldens are super cute. Um, like, uh, what are they? Collies, like long-haired collies. Shelties. There's so many. Mini Aussies are pretty rad. Um, oh, my God, Dalmatians. Yeah, there are a lot of them. But I think I'm, like, most likely going to get one of, the, like, a border collie, a greyhound, or a corgi. You should get like life. whatever you want, but like a corgi mix. So it's like a, like the little. Yeah, so it's like just like a, a short corgi Australian shepherd corgi. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know. I love mutt like all together, but I would want a purebred corgi, which is kind of why I haven't gotten one because I just feel bad. Like, I never want to buy a dog. So I mean, like I'd pay money to adopt a dog, but I feel like there are so many dogs that need homes. I'd, I'd have a really hard time justifying. Um, buying one from a breeder so i think that would be like the what would limit me from getting a corgi if i couldn't get one by like through a rescue um but like so many people get rid of their border collies because they're really high energy and same thing um you know like they they always get rid of greyhounds so there are so many good doggies that need that need homes i miss my dog yeah you ever dabble into the app wag you get to walk puppies, make dollars. Not bad. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. No, you just, I've like, heard of it in. though. Yeah. So it's I like send it to my sister. It's like Uber. It's like Uber for. I dog was dab. Walking. Yeah, during my duck days, I was dabbling. I was about to do wag before I got my real job. <laughs> well, you cool. were you were Ubering too. So, I, I, mean, I was Ubering. I feel going. like yeah, I guess wag's oh probably god. above Ubering. Ubering's probably lower. I should have upgraded to wag. 
That's like serious side hustle game right there. Uh, oh, absolutely. The beer clip I coming soon. <laughs> beer clip. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, Kenny designed a beer clip that is in its infancy. Yeah, Kickstarter Whoa. coming at you. You should definitely use it on the course. Probably not. I don't think no. it would work. Mm. A beer clip? I don't understand what that is. Oh, Kenny, explain the beer clip. Elevator pitch. Elevator, Elevator pitch. pitch. We're only going up one floor. Okay, your hands-free drinking, is this what you need? The beer clip can provide this, so you can have two beers in each hand and another one on your hip. Bam. Oh. So it's like a belt buckle attack. You know what, Kenny? You know why I like that? I still don't even really understand the purpose. I don't really drink very much, (laughs) but you know why I like it? Because you were able to describe it to me without using another thing that already exists. I hate when people are like, oh, oh, I'm designing an app, and you're like, what is it? And they're like, it's basically like Facebook and Instagram, but like for texting. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, you mean Messenger. Oh, cool. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like whatever it is. It's like if you can't explain what it is without like likening it to this other thing that already exists and is super popular, it's like, eh, I don't know. I'm particular about that. I also watch Silicon Valley, so I'm like kind of an expert on that stuff. Ooh, that's a great show. (laughs) Westworld just came out. Are you a Westworld watcher? I haven't seen it yet. Don't tell me. I haven't. No, someone was like kissing about it yesterday, though. So I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I'm not super huge fan of the new Silicon Valley series this year. You mean you mean season? Season. Sorry, not series. I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen the new season. Um, Yeah. Hey, New England-based question. What? Is your favorite yeah. race in New England? I guess Northeast is okay Ooh, too. I don't is... really know the border of New England. That's kind of a blurry. You don't line know the borders of New England. Uh, Whatever. I should know it. I'm no topographist. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think. Um, well, I mean, like you can go. You can Gloucester's, go road, mountain, cross. You get one of each disc. Gloucester's one. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay. Gloucester's one of my favorite events, hands down. Not even like I mean, the course is so dry. It doesn't really suit me. But like I remember in 2012. Uh, no, 2011, it was super muddy and that was like mega, but I just love Gloucester. Like, I mean, everyone's there and like Paul Boudreaux is amazing and it's just no, like, it's, it's a just wonderful. It's, it's amazing. Right. It's like, you have to have the event in context. If you haven't been to Gloucester, like you won't get it, but it's, that's yeah. what it if is. If you were just to go out there and see the course in the field without the people and the experience, you'd be like, uh, I don't know I don't about know. this. What? <laughs> Weird. Yeah. But it's like it's so special. Okay, I do, so that's I love cross. Gloucester. What about okay. Mountain? Uh I'm like totally blanking. Um God. I don't know. I mean we got uh, some great Colin would love to hear you say narweasels. Narweasels, yeah. Um <laughs> oh, there's narweasels, um, there's like uh what is it? Bear it? bear creek bear de- Coyote Hill. Coyote Hill, Catamount. Oh um, okay, well, I went to Coyote Hill Mountain Bike Camp. Oh, really? I haven't oh, done the race in a really long time, but, like, I went to the camp, so that's, like, kind of, that's a plus for me. That was a really great, that was oh, a no. great couple of I, years. I always wanted but to go to that think, camp as a kid. I was a Catamount oh camper. I can't talk to you a Coyote a Hill camper. camper. It was so Ooh. funny. <laughs> oh, ew. That's, like, fancy or something. What? Coyote Hill, like, I always <laughs> came home super sick and like i remember one time i left camp and i was like mom i need to go to the doctor i can't breathe and the doctor was like there was so much dust that like your airway started to close up it was just like <laughs> super sketchy like we were living in a barn yeah and it's kind of like how i faced my uh my quest off of it <laughs> um but okay so coyote hill was good i always loved weeping willow that was a really good Ooh, one um narweasels where was the most recent narweasels this was the first year it doubled down okay right so it was a a scutney right was that what it was yeah that one was pretty good it was a great event and i want to support colin but nothing will beat that year did you guys do it when it was in rhode island that like single year they did it and they had diamond hill oh my god and then they had like the enduro like they had like an enduro segment Mm -hmm. and you could win a pair of shoes and like they had all these jumps and stuff that venue was so sick. Yeah, Diamond Hill was an think, amazing venue. I think the parking was really the big issue over there, from what I remember. Yeah, it was. I remember. Um, I will say, I can't say, like, a favorite race just because it changes so much. Pinnacle was amazing. Um, oh, Pinnacle is always I fun. Love, no, still I've never done the race. I, don't, I think, as of a couple of years ago, it was. But Millstone is, like, probably my favorite place to ride in New England, or one of my favorites. It's, like, Millstone so grind. rocky and so fun. 
yeah, I don't think that they use the good trails for the race, which is like good and bad. So, and then for road, uh, Beverly. I think I'm going to just say Fitchburg. Oh, Beverly is so good. Oh, you're going crit, no road race. Come on, shout out to the dying breed. Token I don't remember. I, I haven't done a ton of New England road races. Um, so maybe I'll say Purgatory was always fun. And then like Sam Rosenholtz was there and he would take pictures and yeah, <laughs> his little like, moped with his goofy helmet. We, we can't yeah. give Sam too much. Yeah. You know. I live with him. It's okay. Out. I'm going to just keep him down. Yeah, just keep Whoa. him in check. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Sam, a bold move. I'm a roommate. <laughs> Fighting the good oh, fight. Yeah, Killing Sam's the mice. Sam's been about how much he's his roommate. Like, all makes sense now. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I think I'm pretty much out of questions, you guys. Can you name all the Gogans? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Have... <laughs> this is a good question. Impossible. No, no, no. There are 10. So there's Laura, uh, Patrick, Manny, Tommy, Peter, Kevin, Justin, Mary. Uh, okay, I'm at eight. How did I forget I think, well, one? Is 10 including the parents? I thought that there were 10 kids. Oh. And then, because I thought there were 12 total. I was on the team. How am I? Is it direct lineage only? Is like Chris? Chris, oh, is, Chris a... is a cousin. Okay. Chris is a cousin. No, okay. Don't tell me. I need to think. We might have to like cut this cut this one out because I'm going to pause for a minute and think about it. It's going to be like an awkward silence. You're going to okay, send Laura? in the recording? What? You can send the recording in of the ten names later. <laughs> Perfectly no, listen. No, 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 with a little with a little Christmas tune to it. Tommy Laura, and Julian. Patrick, Manny, Tommy, Peter, Kevin. Uh oh, there's one below Kevin that I'm definitely forgetting. Kevin, Mary, Justin. If I just looked they're all biblical, but I'm not like well versed in this stuff. Oh my god, I feel so bad that I'm forgetting two siblings. You know, that that's pretty good though, not gonna lie. I mean That's I a passing I grade. Like, I'm definitely getting through college, eight out of ten. Right. I mean I spent so much time with them because I know I'm forgetting one of the babies. Right. When you go age wise, it makes it a lot easier. Everyone forgets the older siblings. No, because I know the older siblings. Like I said, I rode for the team. And so I like spent a ton of time with them so i feel really bad that i'm forgetting two of them but i think i'm forgetting like the youngest yeah carlo um, quick fact tommy lives about two blocks from us really yeah he lives in alston interesting does he yeah oh i didn't know that i saw him saturday i think yeah damn that's pretty cool yeah okay carlo any other hot ones um i think hot gogans or questions <laughs> no questions oh. hot questions <laughs> <laughs> You can like, comment on I mean, the Gogans later. I this could is... answer that question. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Might have to New edit England that out. cycles. <laughs> chop that. Chop that for sure. <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, no. no, that is the thing. Okay, let's move on to some of the Twitter questions. Um, oh yeah. Oh wow, we had a fun. <laughs> Ford Murphy, if Ellen is Cardi B, then who is Nicki Minaj of the cycling world? Oh. Ooh. Are those, they have beef, right? Do they? I'm not sure if they do. They kind of just like. I think like, they're just, you know, similar. Oh, no, wait. Who did Nicki Minaj had beef with um, someone else? I thought that there was like some drama. I mean, there so might then, have been. Yeah, who am I? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, how, how else would I, I? Yeah, no, no, no. I think that they have issues. Okay, so together. who's who's your who's your uh, stick in the mud cycling competitor here? Ugh, I don't know if I can answer that. Like, there are people. Call them out. Come on, it. get them. No, no, no. Uh, but <laughs> I will say, like, honestly, there definitely are people that, like, no one wants to imagine that there are people that, like you don't get along with in cycling. But like, I've definitely had some people that I've had like rows with that like you don't want to you know you're like 
uh, everyone expects everyone to be friends and you're like, there are some people that like, like there are some athletes that I compete against that were like kind of the catalyst for my sports bra, uh, drama that were like giving me a bunch of crap for it and made me feel really bad. And so, yeah, there are some people who were, as I said, the catalyst for that, like for that Wait, big people, post. That people I that you raced ago. with that yeah. be weird. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, yeah, so there was a Cardi B, Nicki Minaj feud, but, oh, sorry. Okay, so guys, there's actually a timeline of Nicki Minaj's and Cardi B's complicated relationship, oh a my timeline, God. Oh, Billboard oh. magazine. We're so we're going to do some this. light reading afterwards. Me so, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, like, I think probably not based on our, like, friendship by any stretch, but only based on, like, the rivalry of it since they're like two rappers that are like really good for their respective things that like people maybe want to compare them a lot. I would say like kind of growing up, I was always rivals with Emma white and like, you know, now I think she's racing a lot more on the road while I'm doing melon. And like, we kind of come together and butt heads and cross. Um, I mean, like I think Emma's awesome. So like, it's definitely not like, um, it's only on the race course that I'd say that she's my Nicki Minaj. If I'm Cardi B that we're like rivals, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have. That's uh, pretty good. Answer. You guys kind of grew up together. Yeah. Slightly different paths. Always yeah. the rivalry. You want to take each other down. Right. And like the other day during sea otter, during sea otter, the short track at sea otter, like Emma does not race mountain. I come through and they're like, and here comes Emma white. Uh, oh. racing for Trek factory. I was like, are you freaking serious? Guys? <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh no. I was like, she doesn't, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> That's probably on purpose. Get the anger going. Little <laughs> anger Watts. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Mark Wilson asks, um, what's your favorite quote? Perhaps you shouldn't quote post-race meal. Mm. I don't know. Um, I, well, I'm gluten-free, but I can't stop craving pizza. Like I want it all the time. <laughs> so maybe that's one. But like if I'm, if I'm done racing, it doesn't like really matter if I eat something like perhaps I shouldn't maybe like pre-race meal. I always want something like spicy. So like I, I love, I mean, Frank's Red Hot isn't like super spicy, but I love like curry and stuff like that. So I always want to eat like these kind of spicy foods before racing, which isn't like ideal. And then when I'm racing in the heat, it like kind of messes up my stomach. So I feel like anything after a race can kind of be a lot, but let's think probably like my, perhaps I shouldn't post-race meal. Mm, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that. I'm like, I'm pretty chill with like what I eat. I have my things and I found a way to make things like not totally terrible for myself, even if they're, you know, not like inherently healthy. So I eat, I honestly, truthfully, I eat the same thing after every race. So <laughs> there's not a lot of time that I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat this because I just usually eat the same thing and I'm excited to eat it. Quick question. How long have you been gluten-free? Uh, like nine months or something. And it was so just like so health choice. You're just like, I feel better this way. Um, yeah, I was having like some pretty bad digestive problems. And like, uh, you know, I would go to the bathroom once a week. <laughs> right. oh so my God. I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like try being gluten-free and it helped a lot. I still think that I have a food allergy that I haven't discovered yet because it didn't like completely solve the problem, but it definitely helped. And like, I don't know for me, it, it's not like that hard. Like most of the things that I shouldn't eat anyway, you know, it just cut out most of the things I shouldn't eat anyway. Like I can eat rice. I can eat anything with rice flour. So it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Like, cause I can still eat like, uh, you know, rice based pasta and like, uh, rice. I keep saying rice, rice, uh, rice, potatoes, rice, stuff like that. rice, rice I beans. love rice. Um, gluten-free waffles are really, really, really good. Ooh. Usually they're made with flour. Mm. So yeah, it's like not that big of a deal. I do. It does not make me a candidate for, uh, avocado toast, which mm. is, 
pretty They don't make what? Rice bread. Rice bread's got to be a thing. Gluten-free not bread. Like gluten-free bread. It's not, not the local though. spot. Not the local spot. Oh, like we have a place BYO bread. Send it back to the toast. Plug in, plug in Small Island Bakery, East Hampton, Massachusetts. They are the best, but they don't have like a ton of GF stuff, which is fine. And it should be that way because it makes it easier for me. But it is like kind of disappointing. So this off season, I went off of being gluten-free and I ate so much pizza and like so many pastries from this place. I have like two weeks to like just get it all in. And I ate pizza like several times. Also Buffalo wings, like the Ooh, fried chicken tenders. That have buffalo sauce. Yeah. Oh my God. Maybe that's my, perhaps you shouldn't. Cause I always crave Frank's red hot after a race. So I do like beef, sweet potato and Frank's. That but really so like good. what I really want is just like Buffalo chicken tenders. That's my answer for you. Mr. Twitter man. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that's all the time we have. But thank you so much for coming on the pod, even though, as you said, no one's going to listen to it, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one ever. You get about five to ten listeners. You can make up for that with a plug on your social media front. You definitely have probably tenfold the font. What is it? Probably ten Twi- exponential. Yeah, ten exponential. Yeah. Ben Wolf didn't even retweet us. Wait, yeah, what? Did he not savage. retweet us? No. That's pretty rude. rude. Yeah, yeah, rude. That is so rude. We'll tweet this one at him. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'd like to rescind my previous answer. Ben Wolf, you are the Nicki Minaj to my Cardi B. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. He doesn't, he's probably, I mean, if he didn't retweet you guys, he's definitely not going to listen to this. So, like, he's, <laughs> he's not even going to know. That's, like, the worst part. I know, right? Mm. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll harass him on the on the tweeter, tweeter. Cool, <laughs> tweeter. good. Yeah, harass him. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. Have a good uh, have a good whatever you're doing over there. Uh, it's she's yeah. Here. I have she's no in, idea what I'm doing. Oh, wait, are you luck. back home? Yeah, good luck graduating. Yeah. And, uh, Where are you? Like, congratulations yeah. on graduating. Oh, Post yeah. up when thank you get your diploma. You. So that was our um, interview with Ellen Noble. I pew, hope pew, you, pew. <laughs> I hope you liked it. Um, coming up, we don't know, actually. So tweet us who you want on next. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, all, like, 50 of you. Thank you for listening, too. Welcome to Kenny's ASMR show. These hoes saying what they say they are, and they pussies think they catfish. Same hoes that were sending shots, they reaching out like they back itching. Why would I hop in some beef? When I could just hop in a Porsche. You heard she? Gonna do what from who? That's not a reliable source. So tell me, have you?